0: You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Thursday, February 15th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your News Director. And I'm Tyler Weatherwax, your Assistant News Director in the 5 PM. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, there's a nationwide shortage of veterinarians, and CSU is hoping to help. More on this with Tyler. And one
1: pharmacy in Fort Collins is closing its doors at the end of the month. Learn more with Lee in local news.
0: Then there's a handful of things to do around campus and Fort Collins this weekend, and Tyler will walk you through that in life and events. Later on in the broadcast, police gave an update this morning to
1: the mass shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. This and more in National with Lee. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. Colorado State University was founded on February 11, 1870, and to honor that day, CSU President Amy Parsons and the university mascot joined up at the state capitol. To celebrate the founding of CSU and the contributions the university has made to the state of Colorado, Amy Parsons and Cam met the lawmakers at the state capitol. Also at the capitol was representation from CSU Pueblo and CSU Global, the university's online institution. Amy Parsons and the mascots took photos inside the Senate and the Rotunda Staircase to be honored for their contributions to the state. CSU also has thousands of students who go on to join the workforce all over the United States, and not just Colorado. Currently, there is a nationwide shortage of veterinarians. To help with that shortage, CSU has received $50 million from Colorado State lawmakers to help add more veterinarians to the workforce. CSU is already a well-known school for helping students with our four-legged friends, but with a new project aimed at adding more veterinarians, the project is estimated to take over $200 million to reach the goals. The $50 million is a way to start to break ground on the project, and the expansion is also expected to take over two years to complete and will add things such as a new livestock care facility and better equipment for veterinarian students. Contributions from this story come from CBS News. Coming up next is Lee with your local news report. Learn more about the presidential primary election and more.
0: Before we get started with local news, you should know that this story coming up talks about suicide and themes of domestic violence. At the end of last month, police found two people dead inside a Fort Collins home in a suspected murder-suicide. Since then, the Larimer County Coroner's Office identified both individuals, and police have given an update on the investigation. The two people were identified as 39-year-old Lindsay Power and 42-year-old Oliver McCallman. In release, the Coroner's Office ruled Power's death a homicide from gunshot wounds, and McCallman's death was ruled a suicide. According to her obituary, Lindsay Power was a lifelong Fort Collins local who went to CSU and was actively involved in the community. Her loved ones described her as passionate, resilient, and kind. The investigation is still ongoing, but according to The Coloradoan, police have doubled down on their first suspicions. At first, police were responding to a report from a caller who said they thought that Power was being held against her will by her husband at the home. When officials got to the scene, a news release said they couldn't hear any signs of distress, and eventually they got a warrant to make the, a forced entry with a SWAT team. Police say they found both Power and McCallum dead inside the home near a firearm. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, you can call the Crossroads House Helpline at 970-482-3502. That number is staffed to trained advocates. You can also call the organization Alternatives to Violence at 970-669-5150, or you could text them at 970-665-5157. You can also reach the 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by calling 988. And for people concerned about a person's history of dangerous or threatening behavior and their access to firearms— Colorado's Red Flag Law says you can file an extreme risk protection order. More information about Red Flag Laws and how to file an order can be found online through the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. On their website, you'll find a page about their Office of Gun Violence Prevention. The city of Fort Collins announced yesterday that Larimer County just secured a $14 million grant to improve high-speed internet access. Nearly 2,000 locations across the county will get some upgrades. The grant marks a big step in Larimer County's goal to provide reliable internet for all residents. The project is targeting about 15,000 households in the county that don't have easy access to high-speed internet. And to get those updates done, Larimer County is partnering with a handful of local internet service providers. The city says the partnership would let service providers expand their network without bumping up the cost of services too much for locals. Fort Collins Connection is one local provider that's partnered up with the county, and its executive director, Chad Krager says the project is important to remove the digital divide between rural areas across the county as well. If you pick up your prescriptions at the newest target location in town, you won't be able to anymore come next month. The CVS pharmacy in the Target near Old Town is set to close at the end of this month, and it'll be one of up to 900 CVS pharmacies nationwide closing shop. The CVS inside the Target on Troutman or the Super Target on Council Tree will both stay open. CVS spokesperson Amy Tibble says in an effort to limit interruptions in access to pharmacy care, prescriptions in the Old Town CVS will be transferred to the nearby Target on Troutman. The closures are part of the pharmacy chain's plan to shut down roughly 10% of its stores across the U.S. Since 2022, about 600 other pharmacies have been closed, and this year, CVS is aiming to finish that plan with another wave of about 300 closures. CVS says that the closures are to reduce store and pharmacy density. In the meantime, Tybalt says that employees who worked at the Old Town CVS are being offered replacement jobs similar to their old positions within the Coloradoan and USA Today. And lastly, ballots for the presidential primary election have started getting mailed out in Larimer County. With the U.S. Supreme Court still deciding whether or not the front-runner Republican candidate can be on Colorado's ballot, and with a chain of unexpected race dropouts, voting is a little different from usual. Here's what you need to know to sort through it all. Like normal, Coloradans registered as Republicans or Democrats will only be sent the ballot of their party, and unaffiliated voters will get both ballots, but can only vote on one of them. This year, of course, the Colorado Republican ballot looks a little different. The state Supreme Court ruled Donald Trump would stay off the ballot, but the U.S. Supreme Court is taking another look at that decision. These votes will be counted only if the Supreme Court rules in his favor. A handful of candidates have publicly dropped out of the race. It could be up to party leaders to nominate a new candidate for November. Presidential candidate a voter wants to see in November's general election. Other candidates will be decided in late June. You'll have until March 5th to turn in your vote, and you can do that at a handful of locations around Fort Collins. There's a 24-hour ballot box drop near the LSC Transit Center in the engineering parking lot. The LSC also has a voter service and polling center, which will be open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Those were your local news updates. My name is Lee Zimpel. Coming up, Tyler will list out some upcoming local events right after the break.
2: kcsu located in the exchange on north college la piadina makes a variety of italian flatbread sandwiches with a number of vegetarian options which feature handmade sauces and bread for more information about their menu and ordering options visit la piadina noco.com hello i'm tyler weatherwax
1: with some upcoming events in fort collins this Saturday, you can catch Mad Dog Blues and the Wild Elderberries at the Swing Station located on North Overland Trail. Mad Dog Blues is first up on the list with the Wild Elderberries following them. The Music begins at 8pm Saturday night. Sunday night, we'll see some more live music. You can catch the High Hawks featuring members of Leftover Salmon, Railroad Earth, and more with Woodbelly. If you enjoy country music and blues, then the High Hawks are for you and a new album with new songs to play for the night at the Aggie Theater will be one to mark on your calendar. Again, the music is at the Aggie Theater on Sunday with a starting time of 8 p.m. For events on campus, the World Unity Fair will take place on Saturday, February 17th at the Lori Student Center main ballroom. From 5 to 9 p.m., experience a trip around the world and learn and enjoy many different cultures. You can expect to find music, food, dancing, and traditions from all over the globe. The event will be open to everyone, and again, this event is Saturday at 5 p.m. at the Lori Student Center Ballroom. Coming up next after the break is Lee, who will be covering national news. Lee will have updates on the Kansas City mass shooting and protests against the Israel-Hamas war on college campuses. Stay tuned for more.
0: Welcome back from the break. Here are your national updates for the week. The Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade mass shooting that killed at least one and injured nearly two dozen is still under investigation, but police have given some updates this morning. Police say the shooting might have stemmed from a dispute between several people, and three people have been detained, including two juveniles. Police Chief Stacey Graves says officials recovered multiple firearms on the scene, and authorities are still looking into the involvement of other people. Investigators are now calling for witnesses, people with video footage, and victims of the violence to reach out to police. Among those that were injured, half of them were under the age of 16. Last night, Kansas City radio station KKFI said that one of its DJs was killed in the shooting. Her name was Lisa Lopez Galvan, and she was a mother of two. She was with her husband and adult son at the parade, and her son was also shot. The shooting happened outside Union Station just after the parade, even though the event had over 800 police officers working the event. Witnesses say when they heard gunshots, most were confused and some thought they were fireworks. While the rally music continued playing during the panic, and to add to the confusion, some people continued walking around like nothing happened moments after the gunfire stopped. It's not clear just how big the crowd was, but when the Kansas City Royals won the World Series in 2015, about 800,000 people showed up for that victory parade. The shooting is the latest sports celebration in the U.S. to be marred by gun violence. Kansas City itself has struggled with gun violence for a long time. Last year, the city hit a record high in homicides, and most of them involved guns. Lucas is now calling for new laws to reduce that, including mandating universal background checks. For now, at least three of the people shot are in critical condition as of this morning. Clashes over the Israel-Hamas war are growing tensions across college camps. Students are not feeling safe. The latest large-scale result of that tension to come out of a university happened this week when the president of MIT suspended a student group that, that held demonstrations against Israel's military. MIT President Sally Kornbluth released a video statement on a Tuesday saying the group Coalition Against Apartheid, or CAA, held a demonstration Monday without going through the university's standard permission process. The protest was against Israel's attack on Rafah, which is a city on the southern Gaza border where 1.4 million Palestinians have fled. The day after the protest, the CAA was given a letter that suspended its privileges as a student group. Kornbluth says suspending the group was not for what they were protesting, but for not following university's process. She says the point of those policies are to, quote, make sure that members of the MIT community can work and do their work on campus without disruption. Kornbluth also says the, suspicion, the suspension was part of an effort to keep the community safe. In a statement from the CAA, the group demanded to be reinstated and called the suspension an attack on its right to fight. The statement also said that 13 student organizers were individually threatened with permanent suspension from MIT. As protests continue around other college campuses across the U.S., student safety and free speech are both in question. University leaders are struggling to say when political speech crosses into hate speech or schools are not doing enough to protect either of them. So with that, here's a quick look at some of the other headlines you should know about. President Biden has a new proposal for student loan forgiveness, and it aims to help Americans who are struggling to repay due to financial hardship. The Supreme Court rejected Biden's first plan last year, and this second try defines a handful of categories of borrowers who will be eligible for some relief. This plan follows pressure from advocates and Democrats who say the first proposal did not do enough for borrowers who didn't qualify. Whether or not any debt will actually be canceled is up in the air on cancellation. What is certain, though, is that this proposal will take months to finalize, and legal challenges should definitely be expected to slow the process further. Then, the White House announced yesterday that Palestinians living in the U.S. will be shielded from deportation as Israel's war against Hamas continues. The announcement cites significant damage on the ground in Gaza as a driving factor behind Biden's decision. And the number of American workers on strike more than doubled last year. A report from Cornell University says the uptick can be a result from the number of big, high-profile work stoppages on strike to call for better pay and job conditions. Hospitals in New York City, as well as the city itself, filed a lawsuit yesterday against tech giants, saying social media is driving a mental health crisis in youth. The lawsuit says most, excuse me, the lawsuit says most young people are addicted to defendants' platforms and that it's disrupting learning and draining resources. The largest school district in the U.S. says it's had to respond to disruptions in and out of the classroom. And the city says it spends over $100 million on youth mental health services every year. That'll wrap up your national news for now. Information for these stories come from the Associated Press. We'll take a quick sports report. Thank you.
1: did not attend tuning into KCSU FM sports show for recap Beep-boop. KCSU sports always has and always will
2: bring you sports Beep-boop. Hi I'm Austin Martin sports director at KCSU here's what's going on this week in sports CSU men's basketball started their week victorious by hosting San Jose State Spartans last week Rashawn Bemba had a season high 13 points in the win the Rams went on the road to San Diego to take on the Aztecs, and CSU had a 14-point lead at the end of the first half. The Aztecs came out firing in the second half, and the Rams got outscored 45-11, to 11, resulting in their sixth loss of the season. Colorado State hosts the Mountain West Conference number 1 seed Utah State Aggies this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. CSU women's basketball began their week on the road in the pit as they battled the Lobos. The Rams competed defensively, forcing 18 turnovers, but only scored four points off of those turnovers. The Rams stayed on the road and tried to find love in Las Vegas, but came up short in a 64-67 loss to the Rebels on Valentine's Day. Marta Lemayne put together her first double-double with a career high in points, scoring 22 with 10 rebounds. CSU looks to snap their two-game losing streak in a border war matchup this Saturday at 1230 as they take on Wyoming in Moby Arena. CSU track and field broke three school records last weekend during the Don Kirby Invitational. Sophomore Maria Kimson cleared 4.13 meters in women's pole vault which ties the current school record. Senior Anna Peter broke the school record in the women's mile with a time of four minutes and 39.03 seconds. This is the second fastest time in the Mountain West Conference this season. And last, but certainly not least, junior Maya Lesnar broke her own school record in shot put with a throw of 19.07 meters. This is the longest throw in the NCAA this season and historically the eighth longest throw in the NCAA. CSU Tennis extended their home winning streak to 15 as they beat Missouri 5-2 in Fort Collins. The Rams hit the road to BYU this Saturday for their match that starts at 11 a.m. in Utah. CSU softball started their season by winning three games and losing two games over the weekend in Fullerton, California. The Rams head back to California as they take on Southern Utah, Eastern Illinois, San Diego, and Long Island in San Diego, California. KCSU is your radio home for CSU men's hockey. Tonight they will take on Colorado at the Edora Pool A Center in Fort Collins. Puck drop is at 8:30 p.m. and this game will be broadcasted on 90.5 FM, the KCSU website, and on the KCSU app. If you want more CSU sports content, you can tune into Ramblers most Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. We cover all things CSU Athletics and more right here on 90.5 KCS. I'm Austin Martin, and this is what's going on this week in sports.
0: This afternoon was mostly sunny with the occasional breeze. We saw a high of 45 degrees, and then tonight it'll be partly cloudy as it cools to a low of 21. The breeze from the day could feel similar tonight, but it could pick up a little stronger after midnight. Friday, it'll be the coldest day of the week. We could see some snow right before we head into a mostly clear weekend. The chance for snow after 2 p.m., it'll be mostly cloudy out as we reach a high of 32. Wids could pick up a bit in the afternoon. Friday night, that chance for snow will carry over until about 11 p.m., The night will start off cloudy, but eventually clear a little to partly cloudy. We'll see a low of 14 degrees by the end of Friday. Depending on how well the snow sticks in the day, we could see a total of about an inch of snow. Then as we move into Saturday, it'll clear up quite a bit. We'll see uh, a sunny sky and we'll ride a high of 44. The breeze should be calmer than what we've been seeing over the week. And Saturday night, it'll stay mostly clear as it cools down to to 17 degrees. Sunday, we can expect partly sunny skies and an even warmer high. Temperatures could reach up to 51 degrees. And Sunday night, will cool off to a low of 27 and we'll see a mostly cloudy sky. Then a quick sneak peek into next week. The weekend sun should carry over into Monday and Tuesday. Monday, we'll see a clear sky and a high of 57 degrees. Then Tuesday, will bring another sunny day with a high of 61. That was your weekend weather forecast. Information comes from the National Weather Service, as always. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you Tuesday. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We would also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear
1: listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.